are listening to Perks of Being a Book Lover, a show about books, people who read, and how reading at its very best is a social experience. Whether it be a book club, a poetry slam, or the production of a play, words are meant to be shared. There is the old philosophical question. If a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, does it make a sound? Likewise, if you read a book and don't discuss it, have you enjoyed all the perks of being a book lover? I'm your host, Amy. I've been a member of numerous book clubs over the last 25 years and started quite a few. I love asking people what they're reading so that they'll ask me the same. I'm a vintage bookseller, a traveler wannabe, and a fanatic about dogs. And I'm your host, Carrie. I'm an English teacher, a freelance writer, a blogger, and the person whose Instagram feed features more photos of my cats than my kids. Each week, we will talk with a guest who shares the love of reading, how they impart that passion, and what books really catch them on fire. We will also tell you about our literary lives, what books are on our nightstands, and other bookish fun. Welcome. We are so excited to introduce you to our guest today, Rihanna Nicole, a spoken word artist and poet. Five years ago, she started an all-female poetry slam in Louisville, Kentucky called Lipstick Wars. She started in a small theater that holds 600. That filled up, and the next year she filled another theater that held 1,200. This year, Lipstick Wars is being held in Whitney Hall at the Kentucky Center for the Arts, a venue that holds more than 2,300 people. Rihanna is a woman who will not take no for an answer, and she is an example of how persistence and dedication pay off. Rihanna tells us how a poetry slam is perfect for a competitive person, why women benefit from having a female-only event, and why the classic black poets such as Langston Hughes and Maya Angelou are still her biggest influences, even in the age of social media. Rihanna is such a joy to interview. Her positivity is contagious, and it comes across over the airwaves. Right before this broadcast, we received the news that Lipstick Wars is going on the road and will be in Lexington, Kentucky, October 12th at the Carnegie Center. Good news for our friends in that part of the state. Finally, listeners, before we play the interview, I want to take a moment to ask for your patience with the audio in this episode. We were recording in a different location, a location with much construction noise and sirens, as well as an audio system we were unfamiliar with. Thanks for understanding. Amy and I are in the studio today with spoken word artist Rihanna Nicole, and we are going to talk to her about her upcoming event called Lipstick Wars. So Rihanna, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I'm a spoken word artist. I'm born and raised here in Louisville. I have been doing poetry uh, for a little bit, I would say performing it live for a little bit over uh, five years now but like a lot of poets I started writing when I was about like eight years old and uh, I have a, a brand new baby well not brand new like a year she's a year old that's brand new and, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's right now that is pretty much one of the main highlights of my life that's so awesome that's, that's what I look forward to every that's day great. how did you first become interested in poetry um well, for me, I've always been creative and artistic. Even as a child, I remember uh, coloring in the lines and when everyone else was scribbling all over the paper in kindergarten. And uh, I just have always been drawn to 
the arts, uh, whether it was drawing or painting, coloring. And then as I got a little bit older, one of my favorite things to do was write. I remember in English, we had to do like a personal narrative. You know, everyone has those personal narratives they had to do. And I did like a huge three page uh, narrative. And we ended up having like a a contest in class and I won. And that's when I realized I love writing. So it became more of a creative writing for me that kind of segued to poetry. So just more writing and getting into it. But I always felt like I was escaping when I, when I would write. And that really just kind of gave me that push. You know, I never wanted to lash out in school, you know, sometimes because like, kids are cruel, kids are yeah. horrible. Uh, so, yes. you know, if you're getting picked on and, you know, I was still kind of that quiet kid and I would go to writing. That would always be my my escape. So that was it for me, mainly. Did you did you read a lot of poetry when you were a kid? Is is that kind of how you knew about it, or did you just start writing? I don't know. <laughs> it just kind of birthed, uh, just came out of nowhere. I, my mother would read me a lot of books, and it would be a, a lot of books like um, I would never forget, like Amazing Grace. It was about a little a little black girl, and she had this huge imagination, and that was one of the books that always stood out to me. And then, uh, and I would remember watching um, Reading Rainbow a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> Reading Rainbow. So that really, that really helped me because uh, you know, in Reading Rainbow, <laughs> Lavar Burton's the, he's the best. But in Reading Rainbow, they would always show you these different types of books, and you would just learn different things. And it's not until now, as an adult, you realize like, wow, that really had an impact oh, in yeah. my life. Yeah, well, we well, aspire yeah. to have Lavar Burton on this show <laughs> one day. Maybe, maybe one day we'll get. Big enough and important enough Man. that we'll be able to have him on. <laughs> I, I love this show. <laughs> Can you tell us what slam poetry is? Oh, slam is this rough and rugged yet beautiful art form of poetry. Um, it literally is this group of poets that get together um, and they recite poems. They go from three rounds. It ranges between like one and three rounds. And you have three minutes and 10 seconds to say your piece, your truth, your voice. And five random people judge it. <laughs> and they rank you from a score from like one to 10. And it is so intense, yet it is fun. I love it. It's actually Outside of performing at like church and women's conferences, that is what really the the main thing that blossomed me as a spoken word artist was slam poetry. And I always say this: my my guys, uh, Lance Newman and uh, Brandon B. Shatter Harris, they uh, they were you know pretty big. Uh, poets around the city and they are the ones who showed this world to me but slam poetry it is it is it, it's beautiful like I really love it now I'm a competitive person too <laughs> a lot of people like uh, I can get into it and I can't but it is poets they talk about everything from politics to death to you know love uh Whatever, whatever is on your mind, whatever is on your heart, you get that three minutes and 10 seconds to put it all out there. And these five random people judge it <laughs> in the crowd. You know, they love it. It's it's uh, it's really taking over the city now. You talked about them judging it. Yeah. So what are they judging it on? Do they have certain things that they're looking for? Well, yeah. 
so in this three minutes and 10 seconds, if you go over 10 seconds, there's like points deducted. But the the judges, they're just basing it off of if they like it. If okay. it sucked, they, it sucked. <laughs> if it was amazing, it was amazing. Like, oh, my God, this is the best poem I ever heard in my life. Or you should never recite that poem. <laughs> like, that's what it ranges to. So they, you know, they give you these scores from six, seven or eight or 10. 10 is like the highest, like I said, the highest score you can get. And um, that's what they're basing it off of um, or some people like they may read off their phones and the judges are like uh if you you know i probably would have resonated with it more if you didn't have your phone but yeah there's no really like criteria with their judging it okay on. so i didn't know if they had like a rubric or some <laughs> kind of score sheet that they were right yeah. now so so it, it sounds like it's kind of one of those things where if the poem and I guess the performance of the poem, if it really speaks to them, yes. that's what they're sort of judging it exactly. on. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. How did you first become involved with slam poetry and what was, what was your first experience? Well, yeah. Um, I remember the one of the first slams I went to, a friend of mine was hosting it. Uh, it was called Soul Spit, again, by my, my friend, Brandon. I, he brought in these poets. And mind you, in Louisville, the scene isn't really, you know, it's kind of quiet. No one's really doing anything. So I'm there and I actually was selling like tea. And um, he's bringing in these poets from like Texas and St. Louis and, you know, just different poets I've never even heard of, never even seen, didn't even know what slam was. And I this guy gets up there and he's just... You know, he's just saying everything that's on his mind. And I was just like, whoa, what did I just hear? And then the next poet went and the next poet and the next poet. And I was just like, oh, my God, like my mind is blown away. And that was literally like the first time I saw it. And I just felt like I can do this. I can do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I can do it. (laughs) And so then I went to the second one. And that was hosted uh, by my friend Lance. And I told him, I said, man, you know what? I feel like I can do this. He's like, oh, you can't read. There needs to be more poets. There needs to be more women poets. You can do it. Just after a while, after going to them and seeing them and listening and, of course, uh, going on YouTube, I uh, finally got enough courage to do it. And my very first slam, it was at the Kentucky Museum of, of Arts and Crafts. It was so funny. The other people that I was going against, they are more established poets. And they were like, oh, you know, Reed, you're, you're adorable. This is your first time. Oh, you're not going to win. But it's great. You know, keep up the energy. So I remember doing it. And I went up there and I said whatever I said. And I ended up getting, coming in second place. And it was it was pretty great. It was very much a highlight. Is it written down anywhere? So if somebody hears your poem and then they're like, oh, that was a really great poem. Do you have like a website or what what do most people do? Or I guess it depends on the person. Um, Yeah, no. um, Some of the more well-established poets are not even so much as well-established, but more organized poets. (laughs) They, They have websites. A lot of people have books. They have videos posted up on YouTube or they have audio on SoundCloud. So they will, you know, tell people, hey, you can check this out. Um, Me, I didn't have any of those things. I barely have those things now. (laughs) So um, if someone did like, oh, my God, Rihanna, would you come to my barbecue and would you recite that same poem that you did? A lot of people, that's where you can, you know, hear most of their things from. You started something called Lipstick Wars. Yes. And it is a large poetry slam competition (laughs) here in Louisville. Can you tell us about that? 
after I started, I started slamming a lot. I noticed that it was seemed uh, to be more men. You know, it was dominated by men, and not so much that they were trying to do that. I just noticed the the female voice or women's voices were not as prominent. I would go. And for the most part, I, I was still winning. Cause, like I was going on this winning streak, <laughs> and uh, but still, I was not running into a lot of women. And I'm just looking around, and then some of the women I would talk to, oh, I want to do that, but I'm too afraid. Oh, well, what would they think about me? Or you know, God, I don't want anyone to complain. And I remember one particular when I was uh, going to, and the guy was saying he he made this remark, oh, you know, there's going to be a bunch of. Uh, bitter black woman pieces or there's going to be woe is me woman pieces or not another like rape poem piece. like there's a lot of things that you know people say you know they're entitled to their opinion so after seeing this over and over and over again I thought what if I just do my own slam I can make my own slam and I can just have it be only women I remember reaching out to some of my friends and telling them about it. I'm like what do you think about that you know doing a just a, a all female poetry slam, just just women, everything women, women host. He said, "Oh, that's a great idea. It's a great idea." But do you think people will really gravitate towards it? <laughs> and I'm like, "What? Of course! Like I'm the kind of person if you tell me no, okay, there comes the uh, it's all yeah. <laughs> like I got to find the yes." And so I started reaching out to people in my community. A lot of people like the idea. Uh, some people just, they just probably didn't have the space for it. Some people are like, oh, that sounds cool, but just wasn't enough for them to invest into it. So I'm just like, oh, just come on. It'll be free. It'll be fun. <laughs> just, just help me do it. So then I started thinking, you know what? I'm thinking too small. So I started thinking bigger. So I went from my community to going to, oh, I'm going to ask the Yum Center. So <laughs> I went to the Yum Center. I went to Palace, the Little oh, Palace. Hmm. And it was more so like, I didn't think it was going to be big. I just wanted a place to have it. You know, they could have given me a closet. That would have been fine. <laughs> I just wanted a place to have it. Uh, some people were just sending me the cost of their venues. I would go to the Muhammad Ali Center. Some people didn't respond back. Some people, I like it. But, you know, it's just not a fit for us. After, uh, you know, complaining and getting frustrated, I decided, you know what? Let me go to where they're telling me to go. Go to the venues that cater with the arts. So then I went to the Fund for the Arts. And so then uh, they were like, no, we just don't have the capacity for it. So then I went to the Kentucky Center. And a mutual friend of mine, not even Maxwell, Maxwell Mitchell, Maxwell Sounds, he said, hey, I got this friend that can help you. And so then that's when I went to the Arts Reach. Um, I went to Arts Reach and I spoke with the director, Julia Youngblood. And she looked at me and she said, you know what? She says, yeah, I like this. I can help you do it. Not a big deal. We have an open mic here anyway. So, uh, but it was in their larger, they're in their theater. She said, I can give you this space. You know, this is a small space. This is your first time. Hey, I'll help you do it. And just the, the word started getting out. And the more of the word kept getting out and people were getting excited about it. Women were getting excited about it. My community was getting excited about it. And uh, this is poetry, like slam poetry. At this time, point in time, it's not really making a buzz, a big buzz, but people were really getting into it. So then someone told her, hey, Julia, I think, you know, maybe you should consider letting Rihanna have this event in a bigger space. She said, oh, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. You know, this is the first time doing this. 
the more and more we kept realizing people were getting into it, the center was getting involved. And so then she said, all right, fine. We'll have it in the Baumhart Theater. We have it in the Baumhart Theater. We went from having a small space and we shifted to the Baumhart Theater. Then it was sold out completely the very first night. All 600 plus seats were filled out. That was the birth of it. Everyone was just overjoyed with it and we just kept partnering. So, you know, I got this partnership and, you know, I wanted to keep it free for the community and it How just, many years ago did, did did it start? Oh, uh, 2015. Okay. <laughs> how long, I mean, because I'm, oh, I'm so listening to this, it. how long did it take from the time you had the idea and, yeah. and said, okay, I want to organize this to the time it actually went down what was the time frame? Two months. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was so aggressive, and I wanted it to happen. Like it just has to happen. Like I need this to happen. Wow. Um, I was just so invested in it because I really be- believed. You know, women have something to say, and. I want someone to come to this space and not feel another bitter woman poem. Mm. Okay. And the guy hurt your heart, whoever. And I didn't want that. You know, I wanted them to talk about whatever. The first time you, you know, you came out to your parents, the first time you had heartbreak, whatever, you know, the topic that you wanted to talk about, I didn't want you to be judged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're going to be judged by these five people, but I didn't want you to feel, (laughs) you know, feel judgment because some guy's tired of hearing your poem. So you said the very first year you sold out and the 600 person. Yeah. Theater. Theater. Yeah. Um, And so then, so then last year, was it in a larger theater? Yes. So the first couple of years we did it, it was getting just, it was getting packed and sold out and they were turning people away. I talked to Julia and, you know, we're looking at it like, I don't want to keep turning people away. I don't want to turn them away. After receiving some grants and uh, working with the partnership, we got it relocated to the Brown Theater. So then as we went to the Brown and that sold out and I think the Brown maybe has like 1200 seats. So then... After talking, meeting, talking, talking, talking. All right, let's bring it back to the Kentucky Center. But this time we're going to use the Whitney Hall. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. amazing. That's awesome. That's a great yeah. story. A great story about keep asking. Yeah. You know, yeah. just keep I, keep after it. <laughs> keep asking. Has it been hard for you to juggle, kind of wear both hats, to be the the spoken word artist and the organizer and the the behind the scenes person? Has that been hard? feel like it has and you know thank god for the the partnership because a lot where i lack off you know they you know definitely are there to pick up any anything that i need help with or you know because it really does take a team to pull this off and we really we work together with our ideas and everything only thing i do feel like i struggle with is just as an artist i put so much focus on lipstick wars that oh crap i have poems like i'm, <laughs> I'm supposed to be so you are performing yeah yeah Oh, oh, not in that, but I usually like to open it up with a poem. And sometimes I get so bogged down with details and everything that I just, oh, I don't have time to do a poem. I have to, you know, I have to do the show. So, um, yeah, I would say I do miss uh, putting my energy into performing more. So how many people do you have performing this year? 
This year we have about 13. In the past, we've had uh, almost up to like 16. And, you know, slams can sometimes, they can be a little long. So I decided, you know, let's cut it down a little bit. So I wanted to give everyone a chance to really listen and take time to hear these women's, uh, their poems. There's going to be workshops too. So yeah. it's the slam, but there's also workshops. So tell yes. us a little bit about what those. And a marketplace. Right? Yes. You've got a lot of stuff going on. So I have been pushing for this for the <laughs> longest. So just a, a quick backstory. 2016, I performed um, in a national poetry slam, and it was called Women of the World uh, Poetry Slam, and it was women from everywhere performing. I really enjoyed the experience, and it took place in New York. It was like a three-day or four-day festival, and they had workshops every day. They had open mics every day. They had gatherings, little parties, you know, all of this stuff. I remember liking it so much. I'm like, oh, I want to have that. Because every year, someone was asking me, uh, are you having vendors? Are you having vendors? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. So this year... Um, I've run across a lot of women who are starting their own businesses, a lot of women who hand make things. So we decided, okay, let's have this marketplace, have all women vendors again. <laughs> Man, you, you're welcome to come and patronize, but you just can't sell yourself. Anyway, <laughs> so you know, have all women vendors, they're hand making things. We have authors, uh, people are selling books, anything, you know, related to to poetry or handmade items or not in non-handmade items as well. Where will that part be set up? That's going to actually be in the Mary Anderson room. Uh, I believe that's like on the second floor. Okay. Yeah. It's also going to be on the second floor with uh, the workshops as well. One of my main reasons for having these workshops is I would always run into women after the, the slam and they would say, oh, I want to do this, but I'm too afraid or I want to write or whatever, you know, they wanted to do. They just didn't have enough confidence for it. They just didn't know how to do it or where to start. So, you know, I'm reaching out to some, you know, these friends of mine and they are, they have made their stamp in the city of Louisville with poetry, Hannah Drake and Robin G. And then another new friend of mine by the name of uh, Roddy. She's from New Jersey. Actually, she's coming down here to do it as well. And I felt like these are three components that could help a new up and coming writer or poet or whatever it is you want to, you know, go into. So the workshops are free and they are surrounding performance, how to perform. If you want to be a performing poet, how to pronunciate your words or speak out or whatever. Um, there'll also be a workshop on promoting self promotes. What does advertisement look like? How do you advertise yourself? How do you sell yourself to get more gigs or whatnot? And then there's just a basic standard writing writing, uh, creative writing workshop. It sounds like it's a total female empowerment package. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, and the, the everything is starting at 2 p.m. From 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. is when the, the workshops will be going on and then um, the marketplace will happen. And at 6.30, that's when the doors open and 7 p.m. is the actual start of the slam. When you sit down or when you're thinking about a poem, that you're going to, that you want to perform. Are there certain poets that you've now that you've had so much experience that influence you either poets that you've read a long time ago, or maybe some spoken word artists that you're friendly with now? Yeah, there's a lot of poets that I've felt inspired by. Sometimes we, we call them YouTube poets, the poets who've gone like viral and they definitely inspired me. But mainly I would say, and it may sound cliche, but the poets that do inspire me um, have to be like Maya Angelou, Toni Morrison, just 
just passed away today. Um, yes. Langston Hughes, Phyllis Wheatley, like the ones that you learned about growing up in school, but reading their poems as an adult and re- things hit differently when you're an adult mm-hmm. versus absolutely. when you're a child. Yeah, absolutely. And Hannah Drake and Robin G, like the, the local uh, poets as well um, that really inspire me. And I see these women, they're writing their books and they are taking this art form and making it their own. I would say it's really hard as a a poet or just as an artist in general to make this your full-time job and to really, really make a living off of it and watching them do that on their way to do that, making that path for them to be able to make this their full-time. That's really inspiring to me because I want it so bad, but I know it takes work and I got this baby and all this other stuff. (laughs) All these responsibilities. (laughs) Yeah. So, but they really, they really, really inspire me. The words, and I can listen to poems all day. Are there certain <laughs> topics that you find especially meaningful? I would say um, when I first got into it, I was just in awe at this art form, and it didn't matter what they were talking about. The more and more I've gotten older, more experiences I've had, uh, I noticed that I do like more of the uh, you know confident poetry or poems that are about loving yourself and motivating yourself and just pushing through more of the, the honest and raw poems that I, I really, really gravitate to, towards. The thing I think is so interesting about slam poetry, and I haven't been to one yet, but I really want to come to your, <laughs> to your event. It sounds like it's sort of a cross between an artistic movement, but also a competitive event, like a yes. sport almost. Yes. That that sounds good. That's, <laughs> that's definitely. If I had to describe it, that would definitely be it, because you're you're there and you're like, wow, you know, you're hearing all these poems and whoa, like you went through that. And then on the flip side, it's like, well, I gotta win. You know, I'm trying to win this. Um, <laughs> and then the closer and closer uh, that it gets here, there's women or in poets they'll reach out to me like, hey, I'm trying to win. What do you think I should do? Like, do you have any advice? Oh my god, I want to win. But you still like, oh, kumbaya. But I want to <laughs> win. So it's definitely um, tournament style almost because there's three rounds and the poets get knocked down every round. So we start with 13. But the second round, I cut that to like seven. And then the next round, I cut that to like four. So it, it's it can be really intense. Like people are keeping their scores up to date. They're, you know, making sure they don't go over three minutes and 10 seconds. It's really intense. What do you think are the challenges of being a spoken word artist? I would say as far as with slam, one of the challenges is when you're performing and the audience is loving what you're saying they're yelling and they're screaming and it's really loud so you're trying to pause so they can hear you so you're stopping and you're going that's taking up time the time is still going it's not stopping because someone's yelling that that happens a lot so it's really a participatory back and forth between the poet and the audience then it sounds like yeah, like the audience, they get so wrapped into it that they, uh, you know, they're just cheering these women on. And like by the second round, they all have their favorites. They're posting it on Facebook like, oh, I want her to win. And oh, she doesn't win. I'm going to be so upset. And- so it sounds like it's it's almost you want everybody to, to love your poetry. But at the same time, it's like, don't love it too much because you're cutting in on my time. Yeah, so. it, it, that, that literally can happen. And sometimes as a poet, as a performer, Performing poet, you want to 
you want everyone to love this piece and you perform it and sometimes you perform it differently and you some poets may move around the stage some poets are standing still but they're more theatrical so the more things you add to it 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 can take up time but the crowd loves it So you were saying that there have been more and more poetry slams in town, and I have noticed that just on Facebook. I think because I liked your page, now I get all of the poetry (laughs) slam announcements. But is that kind of a new thing? Well... It's been happening for a while. Like the uh, K-Mac Poetry Slam that I was telling you about uh, in the Kentucky Museum of Arts and Crafts, which is um, hosted by Lance Newman and Maxwell Sounds. They have been doing that for a long time. They've been doing it, but it was only them. And then there would be, you know, little spots here and there that may do something. Or then there's your open mics. But it wasn't really making a noise until, you know, a few years ago, it really started doing that. I think people are really starting to enjoy it. I think people have this, this kind of uh, opinion or point of view about poetry that it's boring or it's poetry. It's sad and depressing, but now I feel like people are seeing it, you know, it's getting popular on YouTube and you're, you're hearing about it more and more. I think they're really drawing to it now. To me, that explains the the pop-up, the birth of it more. Well, it definitely does not sound boring. <laughs> no, it, it's not. It's not because everyone's talking about different things, things from Donald Trump to a lot. It was a lot of political things. Like I said, there may be poems based on abortion and, you know, you're a man. You're not going to tell me what to do with my body. And there's, there's a lot of different topics. And it's almost fascinating to see a poet create a poem out of thin air like the things that they can come up with so i've seen poets make poems based off their cell phones like series series talking back to them i've seen (laughs) poets do things based off mcdonald's it's just fascinating that you know the things that people create so that's what i feel like the city is experiencing now they're seeing this growth and they're they're realizing okay i think i can like this even though I haven't been to a physical slam poetry yeah. competition, I have I've watched it on yeah. YouTube, and there's a musicality to it. Yes, the yes. performance piece is large, right? Yes, like it's not yes. Edgar Allan Poe. Type, <laughs> right. You know, I think I like where it's going, especially for for Louisville. Of course, the bigger cities they they're doing it, but here that's why um I wanted to bring it back so badly. I wanted it to, for the city to experience. I'm like, people are missing out. They're missing out on this. That's when I really realized once once it sold out that first year, and then the second year, and it's free. I keep saying sold out, but it's a free event. <laughs> I realized like, wow, people like it. People like it a lot. And, you know, just from doing that, I ran into a lot of women who had never, ever performed on stage and they are finding the confidence to do it now. That's fantastic. Yeah. The way this came about is pretty amazing (laughs) that you were able to put that together and that it filled up the first year. And now it's four years, five years old. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's really like your five-year-old baby. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You you birthed it and it has grown. That's pretty amazing. So I did see that a few months ago there was something called lip gloss. Oh, is yeah. That, is that part of Lipstick Wars? Is that like a, a little shoot off? That's done by me too. <laughs> After the first uh, Lipstick Wars, 
I got an email from a young lady and she said, hey, are you going to do anything for younger girls or how old do you have to be to participate? Um, she turned into one email and I started getting more emails and they were from younger women. And they're like, hey, I would like to do this. You know, just I have a voice, too. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm thinking, well, maybe I should do something. And mind you, there there were other things going on uh, that cater to younger uh, poets as well. And there's an organization by the name of Young Poets of Louisville, which also Lance Newman and Mackenzie Berry are, uh, they they do. And that catered to young, uh, young poets in general. But the one that I wanted to do, I wanted to cater to young girls specifically. So, um, I reached out to my partners again and I'm like, Hey, do you think we can take this on? So we did it the first year and we had it in the Barmar theater. It went pretty well. Then I did it the following year. It went pretty well, uh, again. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should keep doing it. But I ended up taking off a year because this when I, I had the, my baby. So I brought it back and I actually had it at the Speed Art Museum. So the Speed Art Museum, they're like, oh, this is wonderful. This is great. And um, I ended up getting a whole batch of girls. Right up the road here? Yes, yeah. yes. So I, I had a workshop there and I told them about it. And a lot of the, uh, the girls from there participated and just from the different high schools started participating in it. And I realized, you know what? I would like to keep this going. And my husband's like, why do you keep everything around the lip? Lip this, lip that. <laughs> but as a, I remember as a child, you know, my mother told me, she caught me putting on her lipstick one time. And she says, hey, you know, you're uh, you're not ready for lipstick yet. You can put on lip gloss. You know, when you become a woman, you can put on lipstick, but you're not ready for that. So that's where that came from. Because I felt like, you know, as a young girl, you're experiencing a lot of things, but, you know, you're not a woman yet, you know, you're still going through this transitional phase. So that's where I decided to do that and almost, but I, I feel like I like them more than lipstick because the things that they're talking about, I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> I don't remember going through that at all. So they are, they are just as passionate. They are just as hungry and wanting their poems to be heard by everyone. So I, I really love that one. That's, that's, that's awesome. And I, I would imagine that's a really life-changing experience for them. I mean, I would think that that kind of event makes huge leaps in building their confidence. I just remember yeah. being a teenage girl and not having a lot of confidence. And, oh, my gosh, getting in front of people to perform sounds, I think, would have sounded or terrifying. Or just even, even just to even if you're not performing it, just to write something and share it with another person is, yeah. I mean, you're opening up your soul to somebody else. So, yeah. you know, and I love the crowd because the crowd makes them feel, you know, at home, at least, uh, you know, I hope it makes them feel like that. But a lot of them they're like, I love it. I can't wait for it to happen again. So I did one earlier in April at the speed. So we're looking at thinking about trying to fit one in again before the year is over. Um, Because that's one of the things I run into. People are like, are you having something else? And I'm like, no, it's just one one event, one year. (laughs) Because it takes so much to put it on. So I at least tried to see if I can do... the, since it's on a smaller scale, I want to see if I can at least do that uh, twice a year. Well, it sounds like you're creating your lipstick wars crowd early yeah. on. You you see them progress, and then one day, you know, they'll yeah. be performing at lipstick wars. You're yeah, the, it's, and it's funny. It's a lot of little girls that say, "I'm like, I can't wait till I get up there." <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> 
But I, I definitely have thought about like keeping this, the longevity of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to have this to pass on to my daughter. So the, the performers that you have at Lipstick Wars, are they all mainly local or are they coming from other places? Over the past few years, it's uh, been all over the place. And still, I don't know why I said all over the past few years, every year. <laughs> it's there from everywhere. Um, this year, we have poets, uh, of course, from Louisville. We have... I want to say we may have one from Lexington. We have uh, Cincinnati. We have a lot from Memphis and Nashville, from New Jersey, uh, from Chicago and Atlanta. I've had um, poets from Texas to come. I really love that it's, you know, gaining that type of attention where you would feel like I want to travel six hours to come be a part of this to might or might not win. So it's um, it's great. And I imagine those by coming from different places, they provide a perspective that you're not going to, you know, oh, if you live in yeah. Louisville, they're going to provide a totally different perspective yes. on things that we don't even like tune into because we don't live there. So I imagine that. That yeah. gives a lot of uh, excitement to what they have to say. A lot of the poets that, that do travel from out of town to in town, a lot of them, you know, they sleep, eat, and breathe. Poetry slam. <laughs> so, you know, they are they are on it. Um, I would love for someone from Louisville to win. <laughs> like the past four years, it's been someone from out of town that's won. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done any traveling to uh, to other slams and, yeah, and other places? Yeah, you traveled and do it. Uh, when I, I went to New York, and that was like my first major national slam, and I came in sixth place out of like a hundred or so oh, wow. women. So that that was that was huge. Um, but I've been to um, St. Louis, um, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Dayton. Yeah, and I've I've competed. Some of them I won. And some of them have come in like second place, whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah. Second place. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, I, I would like to travel more. Um, but I just, just a matter of like organi- organizing and timing and. I trying to fit it in through exactly, all the other things you have exactly. going on. <laughs> so I, I want to do that. That's my goal. Well, I'm super excited about this event. Carrie and I, you and I are going to have to, we're going to we're gonna have to put it on our schedule. <laughs> so it's August 31st. Yes. Workshops and the marketplace open at two. Yes. And the slam starts at seven at seven. Mm-hmm. And if they want more information, you have a Facebook yeah, page. you can, yeah, uh, Facebook, uh, Lipstick Wars Poetry, and then there is a website you can go to, lipstickwarspoetry.com, uh, Instagram, Lipstick Wars Poetry. Um, you can even go to the Kentucky Center for the Arts, um, their website, they have it up as well. We're now going to listen to a poem that Rihanna Nicole performed in 2017 at the Festival of Faiths called Four Girls. Afterwards, we'll return and talk about what we're reading lately. Let me guess what they tell you. You ain't got the juice. You ain't got what it takes. You ain't got the sauce. So anything they could do, you could just never. Since when did being a woman meant being easy to break? This territory is not yours. You do not know what to do with this land. So this, this is for the girls, for the girls who have turned into eulogies and their souls have left this anchor we call earth. For the colored girls you call runaways, 
But we know someone has tried to capture their magic and use it for themselves, but their magic doesn't belong to you. You do not know the ingredients I use for my spells, for the girls who get invited to funerals more than baby showers, to funerals more than graduations, to more funerals and more funerals that they are late to their own funeral, for the college girls who have to take night classes and it's a long walk back to the dorm, for the girls who study extra hard just for him to copy off of your paper, for the girls whose innocence was stolen and they didn't even feel guilty when they took it, for the girls who are sexually harassed by their pig of a boss, but you pretend to ignore the filthy swine because somebody gotta bring home the bacon for the girls who screamed so loud that night in the alley, in the basement of his house, in the bathroom in school, but nobody heard you so you kept it to yourself for the girls who are still putting their pieces of their broken heart back together again when he promised, when she promised, when they promised not to break it because they loved you so much for the girls who wear jabs and will not take them off for you for the girls who like to hold hands all day and for the girls who like one night stands, for the girls who can't fall asleep because they are too busy staying woke and refuse to fall into the sunken place, for the girls that carry hot sauce in their purse when mace isn't enough, for the girls who are called witches, that's okay, call me a witch and I'll show you how fly I am, for the girls who are ashamed of their darkest night raving melanin, don't you know you got the moon and stars in your skin, better let them see you shine, for the girls who are ashamed of their bright as the sun's skin, girl, don't you know the sun ain't nothing but a big star, better let them see you shine, for the girls who are flawed and not flawless, and still have the audacity, for the girls that will one day be women, when you look back over your poem and see all of the red marks, the bad grammar, see all of the ways you did not break, that they did not have their way with your territory and praise God for all of the beautiful mistakes you made and realize I survived. We are back in the studio with Rihanna Nicole, and we're all going to talk a little bit about what we've been reading lately. So, Carrie, what's what's going on with well, your reading life? Okay, so I think I had told you that I was like knee deep in books of poetry because that's I always have my students do an independent study, so I've been reading all these books of poetry. But the book that I finished is called The Crossover by Kwame Alexander. And like the other ones, it is, it's told in verse, but it's one sort of seamless story. And so this story is about two brothers and they play basketball. They're twins and their father was a basketball player. And so the book is divided into quarters, so just like a basketball game. And I know en- I don't know a lot about sports, but I know enough to know that basketball is in four quarters. <laughs> so one of the things that I really liked about this book is it's such an active... I mean, there's so many active verbs in, in these poems because it's about basketball, but also because it's about these young men and boys just tend to be really active creatures. So... I'm looking at one now. The name that that he goes by, like his court name, is Filthy McNasty. And so I'm 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 going to read a little bit. Filthy McNasty is a mythical manchild of rather dubious distinction. Always agitating, combinating, and elevating his game. He dribbles, fakes, then takes the rock to the glass fast and on blast. So you can just tell it's got all this movement in the poems. 
So I enjoyed it for that, but also it progresses. You get the story of this young boy and his love of basketball and his relationship with his brother starts to change a little bit. I won't tell you why, but it Mm -hmm. starts to change a little bit. And then something happens at the end and it just... It just breaks your heart. It tore me up a little bit. So this is such a great book. I mean, this is a book if you have a young man in your life who loves sports but doesn't like to read, this might be the book that pulls him in because I think it would be very relatable. It's it's easy to read, but it's also it, it brings to life a lot of those great poetic elements that that a student can can learn while reading this. So I enjoyed it. It's going to be on my list and one of the suggestions that I make to my students. So, and I feel like since we're in here with Rihanna and Nicole, I'm like, yes, a poetry book. We're talking all poetry. Really, what's, what's the book again? It's I'm called The Crossover. The Crossover. Yeah, by okay. Kwame Alexander. And apparently, um, I did not realize this, but now I'm going to have to Kwame. get more of his books because this is a series. So now I'm like, okay, so maybe now I need to read the next book. I don't know if it's a series that continues the story of these two boys or if it's just a series... Uh, that's not completely interconnected. I don't know that, but I'm going to do my research and check out some of his others. So how about you, Amy? What are you reading? So I just finished last night a book called Dear Martin by Nick Stone, and it was written in 2017. It had been on my TBR list for a while because I read um, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas last year Mm -hmm. and love, love, love that book. And I had heard some people say, well, if you like that one, then you'd probably like Dear Martin. So I read it and they are absolutely right. They're similar Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And if you like one, you probably will like the other. But there are some differences. Dear Martin, it's a YA novel, and it's about a 17-year-old black boy named Justice. And he goes to a prestigious high school in Atlanta. And he's an accomplished kid. He's on the debate team. He's an athlete. But he's also from a poor, primarily black neighborhood in Atlanta, and his mother sends them to this this prestigious school. The name of the book comes from the thing that he does, which is that he has a journal and he writes letters to the late Martin Luther King. And mm-hmm. so that's why it's called Dear Martin. And so he sort of has this thing going on where he's he wants to be like Martin. And he's trying to live his life the way he thinks that Martin Luther, Luther King would have wanted him to live it. But some tragic things happen. I'm not going to tell you what they are. But he's <laughs> left wondering if Dr. King's way is really the best way. Because after all, Dr. King ended up dead. Right. So much of the book is really this constant struggle he feels about being a young black male and all that the stereotypes that a lot of the white community has of that. But also his desire to do well and go far in life and how that puts him at odds with many of the people in his black community. And so he feels like he's caught between two worlds and not totally embraced by either. Mm. I like this book a lot. It was a quick read. I read it in a day. It made me think about a lot of things from a different perspective. But I did like The Hate You Give more, but that could have been because in that one the, the main character is a female and perhaps I just relate more to a, a teenage girl than a teenage boy. And so why I liked it 
a little bit better. But I definitely think it's worth a read, and I've already told my daughter I think she should read it if she has books that she, she needs to read next year for school. I thought she should pick that one. So is this, you said it's about, like, how he's writing letters. So mm-hmm. is is the whole thing? No. Okay. No. So it, it just it's sort not, of has them no, interspersed? A, yes. They're okay. just interspersed. Okay. That's not okay. the whole book. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's a novel with letters that sort yeah. of an epistolary feel right. to it in some places? Um, just in, yes. I mean, these letters to, to Dr. King are just interspersed, like okay. maybe every two or three chapters. Oh, okay. They're not, the whole book is not written like that. Okay. But I do think that that part, the letters to Do- Dr. King, are part of what set it apart. Like, I do think that that idea is very profound, and I really enjoyed that piece of it. Sounds like a so, great book. Yeah. So, Rihanna, what are you reading? Well, I am actually reading a book called uh, Training School for Negro Girls. Actually, I just started getting into it, but it's by Camille Acker. Yes, Camille Acker. And it is a book more so of stories um, that young black girls are going through or just experiences that they have. It's not it's not necessarily like an anthology, but just this book of stories that she's written. And they're really great, great stories. Um, she's written them all, but they come from different uh, just different walks of life that these young girls are going through. And at first I thought training school, like, what does that mean? But once I started getting into it, it is literally experiences that some black girls go through growing up. Uh, me personally, there's there's one story in particular where it's it's about a girl and she's hanging with these group of girls and they her they were her friends. They all went to school together. But the older they got, these two other friends, they started hanging around other girls and so they were considered the more popular crowd and the girl herself was becoming like an outsider they were kind of picking on her and talking about her clothes like oh you look good psych you know and it's one of the things that stood out to me and she finally realizes okay I don't need these friends I thought that I did I thought we could be close but it was a sisterhood that she thought she had with them and um, she goes on to just being by herself and you know loving herself more and I'm like, wow, that really hits home to me because I can remember going through a similar situation in school. Um, there's a different story in there when it's um, it's talking about a, a group of girls, uh, how they're all like considered like the bad girls, like kind of like bad girls club. And they go anywhere they want to. Nobody says no to them. There's one part where it's, they, they were on a bus and she's like, oh, this older lady wanted to say something to me. But I knew she was afraid. She acted like she wasn't afraid, but we were going to make her scared. And uh, they said some random things to the woman. And it pretty much was just a story about them being bold. And ain't nobody going to tell us what to do. We go anywhere we want. We go to eat food. and We don't pay for the bill. (laughs) But it's these stories. And I really loved it so much because it reminded me (laughs) of my childhood. (laughs) Not that I was going places and not, you know, dining dash. But I just... Just remember growing up as a young black girl in my surroundings and running into all of these different types of situations or had friends were in these experiences and I love that book I'm nowhere near finished but I I really love that book I, I like it a lot <laughs> so is this a book that 
would it be appropriate for like a middle school or yes. high school girl to read? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't wait to finish it. I feel like I should read that. That sounds, I'm a substitute teacher yeah. for JCPS. So it sounds like that would be a book Ooh. that would be helpful <laughs> to me to read just to kind of yeah. understand, you know, where students are coming from. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I have nowhere to finish, but like I said, I am already loving where it's taken me. We're going to take another short break. And when we come back, we're going to hear about Rihanna Nicole's top five. We are back in the studio with Rihanna Nicole, and we are going to do our top five. So, Rihanna, my first question for you is, what is the top topic that you see women write about at Poetry Slams? I would say the top topic would definitely be feminism. Feminism. That makes sense. (laughs) Yep. A lot of, like, with, I don't tell me what to do with my body. Women empowerment all together, all day, all day, well, every day. Well, if you think about it, it sounds like, um, especially Lipstick Wars, is really a a woman empowerment yeah. event. And so, and there's something very liberating about being able to get up and talk about what matters to you. Yeah. And so I would think you're, yeah, I can see where that would definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's love too, but it's more so just empowerment uh, and it's, it's, it's great. My next question for you, what is the top venue that you've performed at and why is it your top? Pratt Institute in Brooklyn, New York is probably going to be my top place that I've performed that's when I went to the Women of the World Poetry Slam, and that was in 2016. And I couldn't believe that I was on that stage because here I am with these these other poets that have been doing this for years, and you know they're known all over the country. And I'm just this small town poet. I, I'm nothing, you know. That's what I feel like. I'm nothing. I'm just this poet from Louisville, Kentucky, and I made it on stage with names that I only saw from YouTube or online. So Pratt Institute, it was where we had the poetry slam and that was probably one of the best places I performed. And I felt so receptive, uh, receptive by that crowd. So it was, they were cheering me on. And I'm like, wow, you don't even know me, but you're cheering me on. You have great <laughs> memories of that, of that yes. venue. Yes. So, What's your top reason that you give if someone asks why people or women specifically should write poetry? Why they should write poetry? Yeah. I think you should write poetry because I feel like every every woman has a voice. And not even just to, to cut it to women, but everyone has a voice. And I feel like everyone has something to say. They may not realize they have something to say, but you have an opinion. You have uh, thoughts. You have things that that you want to get off your chest. And it's sometimes if writing something down is helpful. Um, sometimes you may be a person who expresses things through anger. Sometimes you scream or sometimes you're a person that doesn't say nothing at all. So I always think that my go-to is writing it, writing it down just like, wow. And then once you realize that you wrote this, like, I wrote a poem. I wrote something. You know, a lot of people think the poems have to rhyme. No, it's whatever it is that you construct from your thoughts and your history of living. You have something to say. So I definitely feel like you should write it 
For sure. Write it down. Yes. <laughs> so we moved to Louisville a little bit, and I know that you have a new baby. Yeah. What is your top place in Louisville to spend time with your family? Well, with my with my baby right now, I'm so selfish with her. We I like spending time with her in my bed and watching Elmo. Like that's <laughs> that is our number one thing uh, that I love doing with her. She's such a, a wild flower, <laughs> uh, this burst of energy. Uh, the just being with her in that space. And I know everyone's like, oh, just wait till she gets older and talking back to you. But for right now, that's where I love to be with her. Now, with my husband, our favorite place, <laughs> our favorite place is Wild Gingers. Wild Gingers. I've not tried that. Yes, we love sushi. We love sushi. And it's a, it's a small little spot on Barstown Road. And we just love to go there and talk and eat sushi by the boat. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to try it because I love sushi and I especially oh. like to go with one of my sons who adores sushi and it's we've not amazing. been to that one. Well, we have been going around finding what's the best sushi spot to us. Well, yes. Ginger's hands down. Okay. <laughs> making a note of it now. Please, please. So my final question is, what is your top cultural event or performer that you'd like to see come to Louisville? It could be poetry, but it could be, you know, anything. Hmm. Of course, I mean, Beyonce, yeah. Well, but Beyonce, yeah. But I would say, you know, for, for me, I would love to see a poet by the name of Jasmine Manns come to Louisville. She is a, another spoken word artist, and her poetry really just speaks to me on a different level, and I, I love her work. Uh, I've only seen her on uh, YouTube. I've never actually got to meet her in person yet, so that would be great. For me, I would say Trevor Noah, and I know Trevor Noah was just here in June at the Palace oh, Theater. Oh, he's so funny. I know. I love him, and I don't know if you've read his book, Born a Crime. It is an amazing, it. an amazing book, but he was supposed to have come in December, and he got ill, and they had to cancel his show, and so then they rescheduled it for June, and then I couldn't go because I was away, um, but I'm hoping that he'll come again because I'd really, really like to see him perform. He, and he actually, I haven't listened to it, but he has a podcast now, too. Really? He does. I can't think of the name of it right off the top of my head, but he has a podcast. The only thing is you have to pay for it. You have to pay. to. It's a subscription. Okay. And so I'm cheap and I haven't. <laughs> I haven't done that. I only listen to free podcasts. Right. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's a favorite of mine. So that, that would be who I would like like to see come to Louisville. Well, Rihanna, it has been such a pleasure to have you. You are so fun. And everybody needs to go to Lipstick Wars on August 31st and check it out. You can yes. also, you can go on YouTube and you can search for Rihanna Nicole. And oh, you can no. see her performances. <laughs> oh, there's a couple of videos I didn't know they were out there, but there's some under Rihanna Thornton and then there's like one or two under Rihanna Nicole. So I'm, I'm working on that. I'm working on a... YouTube and getting more content out there. Well, you should, so. People should definitely um, check it out. <laughs> they're, they're quite amazing. So anyway, thank you so much, Rihanna. Thank you for having me. This is probably one of the best interviews I've been doing in a while. Oh, great. Yes. Thank you great. so much. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. For show notes for any episode, please go to our blog site at www. Dot perks of being a book lover.com. 
Follow us on Facebook at Perks of Being a Book Lover and on Instagram at Perks of Being a Book Lover Pod to see what we're up to and when new episodes air. If you enjoy our show, spread the word and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other listeners find us. Finally, a huge thank you to Forward Radio 106.5 FM, a grassroots, community-based radio station in Louisville, Kentucky. You can find our show there, live or in archives, at forwardradio.org, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts.